Welcome to Ragbag. My name is Frank Burton. We've got some great tunes lined up for you later on in the show. Not later on in the show, we've got one coming up in a second. Also, my guest this week, back by popular demand for some reason, Mr. Claude Burton, better known to yourself and myself as Uncle Claude. On the show, coming up after this. Retirante, retirou o sorriso do rosto O que não choveu no sertão Carro de boi puxado por gente sem corpo Gado padeceu desastão Sertanejo chora cantando cordel Quem eu amo foi para o sul Velho cião de bengala e chapéu Saudade lá, deixo saudade lá, lá, lá Ô oh, menino que nunca andou de avião Mas voa com o pensamento Que come angu com a mão Mas segue o rumo do vento Me diz como é que faz pra ser feliz nesse chão Pra ser feliz demais Retirante retirou o sorriso do rosto Porque não choveu no sertão Carro de boi puxado por gente sem corpo Gado padeceu de exaustão Sertanejo chora cantando cordel Que come angu com a mão, mas segue o rumo do vento Me diz como é que faz pra ser feliz nesse chão Oh menino, que nunca andou de avião, mas voa com o pensamento Que come angu com a mão, mas segue o rumo do vento Me diz como é que faz pra ser feliz nesse Mas segue o rumo do vento Me diz como é que faz pra ser feliz Pra ser feliz Demais Pra ser feliz Feliz Demais Pra ser feliz Uncle Claude is here with me now. How are you doing, Uncle? I'm okay, thank you, Frank. How are you? 
Yeah, I'm fine. Thank- I mean, we've had this little chat um, before yeah, we, we started have. recording, asking each other how we are, haven't we? Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we do live together now, don't we? Well, temporarily, yes, listeners. Temporarily. I- I'm still living in Uncle Claude's house, uh, waiting for everything else to open up so I can go off in the van again. A little bit the awkward at these uh, during these lockdown times of ours. Well, you're uh, you're welcome to stay as long as you like, Frank. I um, you know, I don't want to rub it in about you. Uh, but I don't. Uh, yeah, I know what you're gonna say. You've said it many, many times, Uncle. Okay, I, you know, it was a, a rather foolhardy idea for me to decide to live in a van Pretty shortly before idea, a pandemic. How was I supposed to know there's going to be a pandemic on? Well, you want to know that, Frank, but uh, it's difficult too. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're going to say. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. L- let's not let's not talk. I, we can't go into this without going into the ins and outs of the pandemic, and we don't really want to talk about the pandemic because it's a little bit of a depressing subject, isn't it? Well, it is rather depressing, yes. But I'm I mean, I'm fully vaccinated now, you know, Frank. Uh, fully vaccinated. Very good. Very good. I, I'm I'm partially vaccinated. If if anybody out there is listening. I've had the one. It's waiting for the other one now. I rather enjoyed being vaccinated. You enjoyed being vaccinated? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a nice little trip out for me. Yeah, I know what you mean. After all this time being sort of stuck at home, you know, going out to get stabbed by a needle actually is quite thrilling. It was quite thrilling, yeah. I, I enjoyed it very much. It's a shame there isn't a third one. I'd sign up for that as well. Well, uh, maybe they'll make you an exception and just keep keep injecting really. you every couple of weeks if that's what you want. Well, not really. Maybe, well, yeah. well, they could do a dummy one. They could just do inject you with water or something just to make you feel good. You know, like a placebo. I can get that arranged. How can you get that arranged? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. I could get, get some actors to... Uh, I know a few people in the podcasting community now. Actors. They're mostly voice actors. I get some voice actors to come like I'm sure voice actors can be like physical, like face to face acting type people as well. Well take a woman. You know, it's just still acting, isn't it? They can put on some white coats and, you know, get get a get properly trained on how to inject people. You know, you know, anyone can do it, can't they? I mean just inject water into you every couple of weeks. I think that's a good idea. Um, which brings me on to um, the ideas, because this is actually a, a, another ideas special. And um, we do enjoy these ones, don't we? Well, yeah, I, I particularly enjoy them, Frank. Yes, I'm not always 100% sure that all of your ideas are the best. All right, steady on. But um, last time I was on, as a matter of fact, or maybe the time before last, we were talking about um, the possibility of having um, Hide and Seek, the game. Hide and seek oh, yes. as an Olympic sport. And yes. I still believe that that is a very good idea. Uh, what would you say to the possibility of, now that things are opening up again, what would you say to the possibility of actually uh, putting that into practice somehow? It's it's a good prospect, yeah. I mean, I would like to do it. It's just um, it's just difficult to get these things off the ground in terms of finance oh, and all that sort of thing. Because yeah. you'd need all sorts of equipment. You need to have a whole big... Like warehouse, I suppose, um, a big warehouse full of stuff, and there'd be you know proper like places to hide that only a professional would see. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's very difficult once you get to pro level hide and seek. I mean, it's all very well you know just playing it around the house and just kind of 
ducking down behind the sofa or something. But you go to professional level hide and seek. I mean, that this is a whole different ball game, and there's not even a ball involved in the game. You know, that's how serious this is. Yeah, I agree. That would require a certain amount of thought. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I tell you what else they should play professionally. That, as far as I know, they don't. What's that? Catch. Catch. You know, you're catching a ball. Just um, yeah, I, I throw you a ball. You catch it. You throw it to me. I catch it. Catch. That's the name of the game. I'm aware that's the name of the game. Why don't they play that professionally? Like, you could stand, like, I don't know, like a ridiculous, like, opposite ends of a football pitch with a little tennis ball. Tennis ball. just, uh, it'd be really difficult to actually, you know, throw it and catch it. Are you, are the two players on, like, opposing teams? Yeah, that's a good question, actually, because there's two different versions of the game. It's like the version where you, you try and help each other out, and you're like, you throw it, and the other person... Throw it so that it's easy for the other person to catch. Cooperative catch. Or there's the version where you try and catch each other out and you go, oh, right, catch that, and then just hurl it in the opposite direction. Well, that wouldn't really work, would it? Because you could just, you just hurl it in the opposite direction and uh, they wouldn't stand a chance of catching it. Yeah, so it's probably best. Well, there'd have to be certain rules then, wouldn't there? They'd have to throw the ball within a certain area, a certain field area. And you'd be kind of like being a goalkeeper, I guess. So it'd be handy just to have like that football pitch scenario. You could stand in front of a goal. And so it'd be like a hybrid between football, tennis and catch. Yeah, catch. Yeah, yeah. Football, tennis and catch. Call it foot ten catch. Ten foot. Ten foot catch. So Something like that, you know, a hybrid of those three words. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure about this, Frank. I, th- I think it requires a certain amount of thought. Well, yeah, I was just I was just um, talking off the top of my head there, but I've actually got some ideas here that I've brought in with me that um, I'd be very interested to hear what you have to say about them, Claude. Ah, fire away! Yes, I will. So, why can't we just have one time zone? I realise this would result in half the world living in darkness during the daytime, but I for one would be happy to take one for the team and have darkness throughout the day in the UK. I think it would give the afternoons a nice relaxed atmosphere and encourage more people to party all night. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I suppose it's a way of uh, bringing the world together in some, in some small way. Oh, yeah. Although it, it would be rather inconvenient for probably uh, for most of the world's population. Yeah, it would be inconvenient for a start, but then when you get used to it, I think uh, we'd all kind of settle in to the idea. Settle into the idea of, of it being dark during the daytime and light at night time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you could flexible working hours and stuff like that. You can work during the during the light time if you want to. Yeah, or you, you can it just make things a little bit freer, you know, a little, a little kind of, you know, do what you want sort of environment. That That's what I quite like the idea of. Also, I, I talk to a lot of people in America as as part of this podcast and it's inconvenient for me to have to kind of diarise things based on when they're going to be awake. Oh, so this is more of a sort of a, an easier way of you managing your diary, Frank, is it? Yeah, kind of. Well, why don't you just, you know, I'm sure there's other easier ways of doing that than having one time zone for the whole world. It seems a little bit drastic to me. 
Well, uh, it is and it isn't. I think there's more than one reason why we should be doing this. In a way, it just um, call into question the whole concept of time. Your time concept. as a concept, you know what I mean? Right. Is that should we really be using clocks at all and dates and stuff yes, like that? Yes, we should. Because uh, it's it comes to a point where it's not really that useful anymore, and um, we, perhaps we should experience time in more of a an egg, an egg, uh, what's the word? Existential. Is that the word you're trying to grasp for there, Frank? Existential. Yeah, existential. Yeah, thanks for helping me out there. Um, that's what I think. Yeah, it'd be a small change, which would eventually lead to a kind of a global utopia. Because once we've realised that time is just an abstract concept, then we'll come round to the idea that nation states are abstract concepts as well. We'll get rid of them. We'll get rid of money. You know, that's that's just a thing that exists by mutual consent. That's that's not a thing that, that came with the world. You're losing and, me now. And, you know, we'd just uh, have like a global utopian state. Just from me and my idea of, uh, you know, just having one time zone. I don't want to take credit for the whole thing, you know. I mean, it was my idea. Well, I see what you mean. I've, there's, a, there's one little spell to put in the works here, Frank. I mean, they've kind of already done this in China. You know this? They've, um, it's a very, very big country. I'm sure you know this. Yeah, it's quite large. I've seen it on a map. I've not been there. You know, they only have one time zone. Beijing time. They've got Beijing time for right. the whole country. And the people at the other end of the country are, are as you suggested, are, are, are living that, that kind of life where it's kind of dark during the daytime and night at night time because they're on Beijing time and they're thousands of miles away. How do you think they feel? I really don't know how they feel, but I think um, maybe they'll, we should take that as a precedent and just have the entire world on Beijing time, not just the whole of China, but the whole world on Beijing time. A lot of people would see that you're kind of trying to appease the Chinese government. Yeah, well, there's not enough pandering to the Chinese, uh, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> I, d I don't mean that. I don't even know what, what I mean by that. Um, let's move on. I, I, I think we should move swiftly on to um, uh, the next idea. I'd like to talk to you about elevators. That's what the Americans elevators. call them. They call them elevators. We call them lifts. Both words describe a mechanical device that lifts or elevates the user from the ground, neither the British nor the American name acknowledges the other 50% of the machine's function, i.e. lowering the user to the ground. I suggest, when taking the lift slash elevator downstairs, we should refer to it by another name, de-elevator, or lowerer, perhaps. Would you agree? Yes, I've changed the name of the thing depending on which direction it's yeah. going. Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? Yeah, because it's not you're not being elevated if you're going down. In the, it's it's kind of um it's a contradiction, isn't it? You're going down in an elevator, you should be going down in a lowerer, shouldn't you? Yeah, I agree. But then you've got yeah having two different names for one thing that, that's a, a little bit of a it's a bit confusing, isn't it? Or what if you're going in both directions? What, why would you go in both directions? Well, if you went up to the top floor and then you decided to go down to the bottom floor. And then, uh, what would you call it then? Why would you go up and then down straight away? Maybe you uh, maybe you work in the elevator and you're the, the, the guy pressing the buttons. They don't really have them anymore. Um, Uncle Claude, I don't know when the last time you went in an elevator was, but I don't think they have people operating them anymore. They're, they're automated. 
They haven't got a guy in there pressing the buttons for you. Well, well, that's what they do in the films. That's what they do in films in the 1950s. They don't do it. And when when did you last see a film? <laughs> I, I saw a film last week. I, admittedly, it was a film from the 1950s. Well, there you go. I, I think maybe you should uh, update your... Not that I'm one to talk. I mean, I haven't seen a film for years. But at least I know what, what an elevator is. Let's move on to the next idea. I think Archimedes must be annoyed with Thomas Edison because until the invention of a light bulb, a moment of inspiration was always referred to as a eureka moment. Perhaps he can take some small solace in the fact that when Edison had the idea for the light bulb, the popular expression light bulb moment was for obvious reasons not yet in use. If there is indeed an afterlife for geniuses, which is literally something I just made up, I expect there'll be a friendly kind of rivalry between Archimedes and Edison. Would you agree, or do you think Archimedes is genuinely angry that people don't say Eureka anymore? Well, you broached the subject of life after death, Frank. That's very interesting. Do you, are you a, a believer in life after death? Uh, no, I'm not. No, I, I don't believe uh, in life after death. How about you? No, no, I'm not believing in life after death. I think uh, when, when we're gone, we're gone. So it's a moot point, really, isn't it? I don't know. It's more of a, a, a question about use of words and how they change over time and also hypothetically if there is an afterlife for geniuses do you think Archimedes is annoyed that people don't say Eureka as much anymore they're more likely to refer to a Eureka moment as a light bulb moment he's probably slightly irked you know but he's probably not he's probably not bothered because he, he's in paradise isn't he if he's in paradise you can't be irked in paradise no, no. Imagine being irked in paradise. That, that's a, that is itself a contradiction, isn't it? It's like going down an elevator. It's a contradiction. Oh, so you agree with me about going down an elevator being a contradiction now, do you? Well, it's not that I disagree with you. It's just that I, I wasn't sure if you should change the name of the thing. What do you think about Archimedes? I don't think he's annoyed. I think he's happy because he's in... Uh, if, if there is a, an afterlife, which there isn't, if there is an afterlife, I think he's happy there. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, I like it. Next one. More of an observation than an idea. Umbrellas, when used for the purposes of keeping rain off a person's head, are counterproductive. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong! Well, um, I, I don't think I am um, for you this are. reason. So whenever I use an umbrella, and I don't use them very often because I don't like them, it starts raining, you put the umbrella up, and then you've got this whole other problem of first of all decreased visibility you've got this umbrella kind of obscuring part of the street also if you're in a crowded street it's very difficult not to whack people over the head with the umbrella particularly if rain is often combined with wind is it not and umbrellas just blow around all over the place so for a start they'll blow kind of left and right then you'll end up getting wet because the umbrella's been blown to the side and you've also whacked somebody in the head with it as well and then once you've, once you've finished all of this, you sort of let the umbrella down and then all the kind of drops of water just kind of end up going all over you anyway. So counterproductive. I don't think you're using umbrellas correctly, Frank. Well, um, how would you use an umbrella? Well, I'd use it for the purposes of keeping rain off my head when it's raining. That's what I do on a regular basis. Well, how do you, how do you keep control of the device? It's an absolute death trap as far as I can make out. I keep thinking I'm going to fly away like Mary Poppins or something, you know what I mean? 
I know, I know what you mean. Yes, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. But I, I think that perhaps you, you just need a little bit more practice. You know, it's like playing the piano. You, you don't become a world-class pianist overnight. No, no, it's absolutely true. Again, uh, you, you've outsmarted me with your answers here, Uncle Claude. Um, I, don't, I don't know how that's happened. Oh, well, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm actually a very intelligent man. Well, I, d I didn't say that you weren't. It's just that I, um, I've got this kind of idea in my head that I'm more intelligent than you. But I, I, I think may oh. maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. Oh, I, I don't know either way. I mean, we've we both got different skills. I'm a businessman and, and you're a, a creator, a writer, an author, and all that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Here's a question. Why do I need a birth certificate when the fact that I was born ought to be self-evident? Also, certificate kind of implies being born is some kind of amazing feat which requires a high degree of skill and training, even though it's the one achievement in life that you need absolutely no experience for. Absolutely right, Frank. Yeah, it's a very funny system, isn't it? They shouldn't call it a certificate at all. They should call it a, a record, I suppose. Just, just a record of the fact that you've been born. I, I can understand that the, the need to have a record of people being born. Otherwise, they wouldn't know who was, who was around and they wouldn't have a track of who's in the population. Yeah, but my point is, why do I need to prove that I was born by producing a piece of paper? You could be an alien, I suppose. When it's obvious that at some point I was born. If I, I'm, I'm sat here now because I was born at some point. On another planet? The, the very idea of having to prove that you were born is a very, very strange concept to me. Or, or prove that you were born by showing someone your driving license. What's that got to do with anything? You have know, to buy something in a shop. You have to show them your driving license to uh, to prove that you're over 18. They still ask me for it sometimes. I'm 41 years old. It's, it's a very odd system, you know, very strange. And what if you, you know, what if you can't drive? What if you're over 18 and you can't drive? What then? Get a birth certificate out. But obviously I was born. I, I, I'm here, aren't I? You know, it's the same, it's the same problem again. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't really know what the solution to it is, Frank, really. No, neither do I. I'm just uh, just going off on one, just to just to entertain the podcast listeners, really. Oh, well, listeners, um, I thought they, we were recording this. I think this. they like it when I go off and and kind of uh, go off into a bit of a rant about something something small and insignificant. They seem to like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, one thing that I don't particularly like about the podcast, Frank. Oh, instant feedback now from Uncle Claude. Oh, why don't you write an iTunes review? If you got some feedback, well, I wasn't particularly enamoured with the episode in which your, your friend Stephen Schiffer okay, appeared recently. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew I knew you were going to bring this up, mate. You've been biding your time with this. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Look, Sycamore Steve, uh, he's is is a strange character. Okay, he's um, he tried to kill you, didn't he, last year? Yeah, I, he did try and kill me last year. He didn't do it. He didn't succeed, though, did he? Well, I told you, I told you to stay away from that one, and uh, you know we end up. I, I don't want to sound smug, but um, you ended up in intensive care. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was uh, quite intensive. That care was. Yeah, and um, it. Uh, but you know we're, we're over it now, and he's apologised. So yeah, uh, I listened to the episode with with uh, so-called Sycamore Steve. And uh, I thought he sounded a little bit volatile to me. I didn't quite trust the man's tone of voice. Yeah, well, he was a little bit volatile. I think that's just the way he appears when he's on the show. He's a lot more chilled out in real life. 
Yes, but I, I don't quite trust the fact that he's not going to try and kill you again. Well, if he does, then he does. It's not the end of the world, is it? Well, the end of your life. Well, yeah, it would be the end of my life, yeah, but it'd be, be a quite quite an interesting way to go. I, I'm not going to get into a, a, a debate about this, Frank. I've, we've already been been through this all. I, I just want to express my uh, disapproval in these matters. Yeah, well, thanks for expressing your disapproval. What do you want for dinner later on? Well, um, um, I rustle up a little sausage and mash. Well, okay, I'll have the corn ones. Um, uh, I'll be cooking, it's fine. Um, Sounds so, good. <laughs> Uh, the way to get Uncle Claude back on your side, by the way, listeners, just mention food. I've, 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 I've figured this out since I've been living with him. If, 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 if he gets irked by something that you've done, uh, kind of, you know, you've, you've, you've left your dirty socks in like a weird location of the house. Well, how about that happen again? You, you can just get him back on side by mentioning food. If you ever, if you ever have to live with Uncle Claude during a pandemic. That is my advice. That is what I would do. Just whenever, whenever he gets irked, mention food. That's it. That's the way to go. It, it does work. I'll, I'll tell you that. It does work. There you go. Right. One final idea before we, we finish this whole thing completely. Let me give you a choice of three time machines. One machine offers a one-way trip to 100 years into the past. Another offers a one-way trip to 100 years into the future. The third time machine doesn't work, so if you choose that one, you'll remain in your current place and time. Which do you choose? Uh, the third one. You would choose the third time machine. You don't want to travel in... T- you've got the choice of travelling in time. And you don't want to do it. No, I, I, uh, I'd rather have the safety and security of uh, just being in the place where I am. Well, rather than going back to what, 1921. You think I want to go back in time to 1921? Are you absolutely mad? Uh, no, no, I'm not. You're nuts, Frank. I'm not not mad, no. I just thought it'd be, you know, back back, back to the the jazz age. The what? The the, the roaring 20s, as they called it. You know, it might might be the jazz age. No, I don't want to go back to the jazz age. Fine, fine. I can listen to jazz in my own house. True. I don't need... you're absolutely crazy, Frank. You've lost your mind. Well, <laughs> why are you, you getting have so nuts. worked up about this, Claude? And why would I want to go forward in time to 2121, even though the year itself has quite a nice ring to it? It could be a post-apocalyptic horror show. Why would I want to do that? Well, just to see what it was like. You know what I mean? There's only one way to find out, because neither you nor I will be alive during the year 2121 unless uh healthcare much improves yeah it'd just be interesting to see what things are like it, no, it, it might wouldn't. well be you're off, you're like the uh, the utopia that we envisioned earlier on in this episode i think you're absolutely mad frank that's what i think you're you're, you're potty you've lost it you absolutely lost the plot but why, why are you getting so worked up about it? It's just a hypothetical scenario. Well, which one will you choose then, Frank? Which one will you will you go back to 1921 or 2121? Either way, it's madness, Frank. Um, I'd, I'd actually go to 2121 just to see what it was like. I'd, I'd, I'd just be curious as to... Is this a one-way ticket to 2121? Well, yeah, technically it is. What? You can't actually go back once you've gone there, so... That's uh, that's all right. So you you're going to twenty one twenty one, 
where the entire human race has been wiped out and you're living in some sort of nuclear wasteland for the rest of your life, which is probably going to be very short. Yeah, well... <laughs> or you can go back to 1921 and die of the Spanish flu. Was it still around in 1921? I've been reading about the Spanish flu recently because of uh, yeah, the sort of links between the... Uh, oh, I'm pretty sure it was still around in 1921 and you'd have probably died of it if you'd have gone back in time of 1921 hoping to hear some nice New Orleans jazz or whatever it is. Uh, I've, I've, re I've really... Um, I, I think I've got to a point now where You're even mentioning food... Mad. Uncle Claude has got so angry with this question. I don't know what to do with him, guys. I mean, I, even if I mention... What do you want for breakfast in the morning, mate? Do you want to have, like, a uh, a proper cooked breakfast? A good old fry-up with the bacon and eggs and all that. Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll have the, uh, you know... The, the the mushrooms on toast and all that you can go for the full the full monty how'd you like that oh full monty yeah quite like the sound of that frank yeah yeah very nice yeah very nice we got uh we got any hash browns in yeah yeah actually do have some of the ready-made hash browns yeah so i can stick them in for you do a bit of bacon egg sausage yeah, mushroom yeah mushroom yeah do a bit of that mate i'll be uh yeah yeah Sorted, sorted, man. Sorted indeed, sorted indeed. Happy days. There we go. Well, um, I think I think we ought to end on on that bright note, uh, listeners. So um, thank you very much for bearing with us, and um, back to business as usual next week. Whatever, whatever that, that means. means. And um, we will be having Sycamore Steve on the show again very soon. Oh God. Uh, sorry, I've set him off again. <laughs> I've set him off again now. Oh, it's it's a balancing act with this guy. It really is a balancing act. Uh, let's have a tune and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Nunca 
cansada que tanto trabalhou Liberdade que tanto almejou Pra bater com vontade no tambor Abre a roda que o santo quer dançar A tabaque não pode parar de tocar Não pode parar caxangá A tabaque não pode parar de tocar Não pode parar caxangá
Thank you for listening. Many, many thanks to Uncle Claude for coming on the show. Check out my website, frankburton.co.uk, for all the details of my books and the video series, The Ragbag Traveller, which is a wonderful thing. Also, check out I Like The Sound, which is the other podcast that I make. It's a very, very good thing indeed. So listen to it, subscribe to it. Subscribe to this if you're not already. And uh, I don't usually say this, but give us a rating and review on a platform of your choice. I will see you very soon indeed. Thanks a lot.